What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode number 200. We made it, and if you told me back when we were recording episode one in a library, in a public library, that we would make it all the way to 200, I would have told you you were crazy, but Sean and I did it. Um, We talked everything. We've been so far behind with work. Um, but we were fired up for this one. Enjoy number 200. Thanks everybody for listening. Follow us on Twitter at sorry sports on Instagram. Sorry underscore sports. I still got to fix the website. My secretary has got to do something to help me out on that. But when it's back up, check it out. Sorry sports.com and enjoy the pod. everybody and welcome in to episode 200 of the sorry to interrupt podcast we had to take a month off in preparation for this episode but tom we did it we're at 200 how does it feel we are at 200 we've we've survived multiple jobs a move to texas a move to well i moved to greenwich and then moved back home unfortunately i was a boozy bitch for a bit there um <laughs> hey man we made it and uh nothing's gonna stop us we're gonna keep it moving might not be as frequent as it used to because life gets in the way but hey we'll keep going we'll keep fucking going man and you know it was interesting as the schedule was going on as to what 200 was gonna be but we've got business to take care of there has been a shit ton of sports action since we last talked a lot of good things for our Yankees, uh, a lot of NBA stuff, some golf. We're in the preseason of football, which means we got a preview coming. But for this episode, we have a lot to catch up on and mm-hmm. it's good to hear your voice again, man. Absolutely. Congratulations to you. I don't know if you want the pod to know, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get started. No football today, but I will say Will Smith will be on our preview. I'm looking forward to that. It's uh, going to be his first forward. time on the preview. I'm looking forward. Honestly, the only time Will puts up Instagram stories, they, they have nothing to do with anything but Cowboys. But I am looking forward to see how. With a Cowboys fan, it's not whether or not they're going to be irrational, but it's how irrational they're going to be. Well, why did you say I was looking forward to it? Of course. I, of course. I know that he's going to do his best to probably make sure that they're his Super Bowl pick. I mean, let's face facts. The kid knows sports, though. He picked Wilson Contreras over Gary Sanchez. I'd make that deal 10 out of 10 times right now. Sure, but uh, Wilson Contreras was one of the very few players that stayed on a team that's had two losing streaks of 11-plus, and Gary Sanchez is back catching on probably the hottest team in baseball right now. Listen, we'll see. Everybody can have their their favorites. Speaking of which, you want to start right there, a little segue? Uh, Let's fucking do it, man. Okay. All right, let's talk about our Yankees. Well, this might be, this might be, this is where it all started with our podcast back when we were a silly name and back when it was episode one and we were talking about Sonny Gray and I was saying that I thought he was going to be really good in pinstripes and it turns out sometimes the Cincinnati Reds, I believe they wear pinstripes every once in a while, right? Yeah, they do on occasion. Just the wrong color in the wrong town, that's all. <laughs> that's all, but dude... Last time we talked, uh, we were we were broken men. We were saying the same shit episode after episode. I think Morikawa had up. just had just won the the British, right? Yes. 
Yeah, so that was, damn, a little over maybe a month ago? It was over a month ago, man. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, we're back, and the Yankees are all the way back. 20, did they play yet today? I, I didn't check. Um, 23. They're winning. Since yep, July they're winning 17th. 8 to 2 right now. This is a new team, and I mean, the first thing I'm going to say is Cashman saved his job, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel. I don't know about Boone. I mean, I feel bad for Boone. He's a lame duck. But I think Cashman definitely saved his job with that trade deadline. How do you feel? I don't think they were ever going to move off Cashman. Well, Um, if there was any doubt, the the door has been slammed. Yeah. I mean, he, he made two moves. The Gallo move was being rumored about for a while. Did you see that Gallo farted in that press conference? I did. Yeah. Apparently he has Tourette's, so I'm not going to say anything. Well, hey, the fans love him despite the fact that he's had some huge home runs Mm -hmm. and he's made some nice plays, but he has not really – he hasn't had one of those hot streaks yet. He can really play left field, though, and he's got a cannon. He's a a really good player. He's an all-star caliber player, as we've seen. But the Anthony Rizzo trade, I mean, that was just out of nowhere. And I'm going to let you – You want me to do it now? You want me to do it now? This is your time. Go. I have been pounding the table for Anthony Rizzo since there was snow falling in the great state of New York. And my sports father... Yeah, well, it did. It did. And I was probably pounding the table then when you weren't... You were. When you weren't drink, When you were melting snow to drink water. Um... And and, and starting fires to get, to get heat. <laughs> That's right. Um... I... My sports father finally listened to me Got me on the phone. I said, you want to save your job? You do exactly what I've been saying for months. You trade for Anthony Rizzo. And those two trades, particularly like you said, the Anthony Rizzo one, has completely turned around this team. No disrespect to Luke Voigt, but Anthony Rizzo is a better player in every facet of the game. Well, here's what... And not to mention, it's, yeah. it's just nice to see... I'm a righty, you're a righty, but it's nice to see somebody from the other side of the plate and, sw- and moving the lineup around a little bit, right? Well, this is why you were screaming for it, man, and I was right there by your side, you know, pounding the table for to for to make that move because it made sense in all the ways possible. You get a lefty bat, you get a lefty average plus power plus a premier Gold Glove first baseman. What has actually ended up happening since he's been since he's been a Yankee is he leads them to three wins down in Miami. He comes back, has a couple good games in the stadium, and then comes down with COVID because, of course, that's what this Yankee season is, which led Luke Voigt to come back. Pick play up really where he well. left off. Yeah, play really well since he's finally been healthy. And now you have two first basemen splitting time, so neither one is going to get run into the ground. I think this means a lot more of Stanton in the outfield, which we've started to see, which is nice. But you have two – I mean, Luke Voigt today has, is four for four. With four RBIs, and he's just been killing the ball over the last 10 games. And now you've got Rizzo back, who made a game-saving pick at first base the other night to secure the sweep against Boston. It's a beautiful thing to see. He's made multiple game-savers on the field. Reminds me of More athleticism. Yeah, yeah, he's... he's Not as good, but... By far the best defensive first baseman we've had since Tex. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this team is just complete. Pitching is better, aside from, I'd say, Chapman and Britain makes things a little more interesting than they should be. Still don't think they're using green the way they should be all the time. Um, 
but the starters have been have been better. Starters have been a lot better. Tyone has been starting to turn it he around. Won, he won pitcher of the month for June. Um, in July, he had a, or maybe it was for July. The and velo is up. The velo is up, and he's figured out how to pitch, which is nice to see. Cole is back. Cole's had a couple clunkers, but he's still your ace. And the rest of the rotation, especially Nestor Cortez, who again today went seven innings, two runs, two run ball out of nowhere. I mean, out of absolutely around the league. nowhere. And how about Louis Heel? Yeah, he hasn't allowed a run in his major league in his major league time. So, I want to make one more comment on Rizzo because I think this is what's really the most important thing because the Yankees have made up ten and a half games on the Boston Red Sox in six weeks. It's not just that the Yankees got Rizzo, which obviously makes them better and more balanced and all the reasons that we just talked about. There is not a team, dude, that made more sense for Rizzo than the Boston Red Sox. And the fact that they didn't get him and the fact that he went to us and they settled for Kyle Schwarber and still don't have first base figured out, I think that that harpooned them because they have not been a good team since the trade deadline. Absolutely, and I I hung out with my uncle. I played golf with him. Played terrible, by the way. Don't ask. Um, and and he was excited about sale, but he was also uh, a little more realistic than the delusional fan that he usually is, and was saying like the season might be over right now. Yeah, I mean, dude, they didn't do really much at the deadline at all. Schwarber was the made guy they got. They knew they were cutting sale coming back, but I don't know. You're a young team. I think back to that 2017 Yankees team that was really playing way above what anybody expected from them. But the Yankees and Cashman, your sports father, did not just settle for that team and say, ah, we're ahead of schedule, right? They go get Canely and Frazier and Robertson and then eventually Sonny Gray. And that team went to Game 7 of the ALCS. This Boston team, Heim Bloom, really didn't put any trust in what they what they've been doing and i think for a team that was kind of hovering and playing above where they really should be heading into the season that was that demoralized them yeah i couldn't agree more the red Sox. i don't want to say stick a fork in them yet because you just never know and i don't want to jinx it but they they look all but cooked uh tampa bay is obviously always going to be there when it comes to our division um but yeah, this team, I am over the moon about them, and I don't want to look forward to the offseason. Um, I know both of the trades that we made, they're both free agents. No, Gallo's under contract next year, man. Oh, okay. Well, we need yep. to re-sign Rizzo. Yeah. Bottom line. I would I would love it. I would fucking love it, as would every Yankee fan. And what a far cry from what we've been talking about all season, man. This team really is fun and reinforcements on the way. And it's just interesting to see a balanced lineup again for the first time in a while. And they're a lot more athletic. You got Velasquez playing with Glaber out there, stealing bases. They're going first to third. I'm like, what, what the fuck happened? This is like a, it's like, is this not what what I was screaming about when obviously given the personnel, you said that's just not the team they are, which you were absolutely correct. And finally they get the personnel and they're starting to play some baseball. Yeah, and that's where the credit to your sports father, Brian Cashman, comes in. Because he identified two major areas of concern, which was poor defense and lack of athleticism. I guess you could throw a balance of lefty power in, in there, too. Now teams just really can't pitch to this Yankee team. And also, i got to give it up for him. I don't want to. You don't want to. But we got to get it out of the way because if we're going to be objective on this podcast as we get over 200 here. 
Brett Gardner has been a very important player yet again for this team during this stretch of winning with guys in and out of COVID and whatever. He's played very well. Yeah, I got to give him credit where credit's due. Still would have liked to see Talkman on this roster. I, I will never, and I don't think he will ever get off of that. But, hey, you know what? When he when it's asked of him, he's playing well. Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Did we win the Talkman trade? Think about it. I mean, the Giants are playing well, too. He's not even playing in the major league team. That's true. And the Wandy Peralta has become a very good pitcher for us. That's true. That's true. Things change quick, my friend. Things change quick since the because I think me and you were uh, about to pack Peralta's bags for him the last time we were on this podcast. We were, and he had COVID. I was like, this guy sucks, and he's come back, and he's even saved a game, but he's become a very reliable pitcher down there as some of the other guys have struggled. I want to ask you one question before we get into the Mets. Hmm. Predictions on the 20th of August on the 200th episode, where are the Yankees finishing at the end of the regular season? All right, you want my delusional prediction or you want my podcast, Tom? We're on episode 200. i got to act like I know what I'm doing prediction. Well, you've never known what you were doing, so why, why start now? Let's, let's give the delusion here. ALCS, losers. Okay. Do they win the division or do they get in as a wild card? I think they win the division. They're high right now. Whoa! Yeah. Tommy boy, I love it. <laughs> Realistically, I think they lose probably in the wild card game. Or the, nah, they'll probably win the wild card game because Cole will pitch and they'll, they'll bop their way around the bases. But I think they'll lose in the first round. All right. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to get in a wild card. And as is always the case, you want the home playoff game and I think they'll get it and no matter who they play whether it be Boston or or Oakland I think they win that game and then I hate playing Oakland Houston and Tampa are gonna one of those two is gonna stare them in the face if they get past the wild card round so um that's where we're gonna be but it's fun as hell because for a long time there it looked like just get us to September for football because this team's gonna be playing meaningless games yeah a lot better than meaningless baseball in September I can tell you that much no doubt. Well, t- talking about meaningless baseball in September, it looks like your New York oh, Mets. Stop. Ugh. It's a shame, man. I mean, you got the general manager who's not even the general manager. He's, he's an interim general manager calling out, basically subtweeting verbally um, in a press conference. Calls his own press conference last week or earlier this week, one or the other. And calls out players that are injured for not following protocol. He might as well have just gone <coughs> cough. No, Syndergaard cough. Um, because because he is notorious for absolutely disregarding everything anyone has to tell him. I'm sure he's you know squatting seven million pounds and benching a billion pounds and whatnot, and, and just completely disregarding everything that he's being told. Um, but yeah, this team. I mean. All the magic is gone. Baez is on the IL. Lindor, I believe, is still on the IL, correct? Yep. Um, DeGrom probably out for the season. DeGrom, I I think I read uh, a headline that it was like over a 98% chance, somebody said or something, that DeGrom's done for the year with elbow issues. Can't really blame them there. He's their meal ticket. Um, Carrasco came back, and obviously coming back from what he did – he has not looked great. 
uh, really the only pitcher they have left that that is anything that is any good is Stroman. Um, and just their hitting has been terrible. Nemo took a massive step back this year. Conforto, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you even – I know their pockets are a lot deeper given the new owner, who's not happy, by the way. Um, no, he's not. But do you re-sign Conforto? I mean, I know no, the I guy's been yeah. a multiple-time all-star, but he is the definition of hot and cold. Streaky I, guy. I, he's just been cold. I mean, he he's literally done the Greg Bird impersonation in Queens. I, the guy can't hit. Yeah. And, and I, and, and I mean, I, have, I think Conforto's a better player than Bird, but he's had well, we more success. Saying, well, he also Conforto's made two All Star teams, right? Bird, but Bird just his health didn't allow him to get the kind of run that Conforto's health has. But I, I, what I'm saying is, is this is a guy that is just a naturally very gifted pure hitter who's had levels of high success in the major leagues. Obviously, his run was longer, but Bird. Let's not forget about how many big hits and how oh. promising he was there for a little bit. He just couldn't stay on the field, but then it got to the point where even when he was on the field, he couldn't hit. I guess Gary Sanchez is a fair comp, but Conforto doesn't have have the power, though. I mean, this guy, I don't know how you can re-sign him unless you offer him the qualifying and he takes it. But even that, I think, is going to cost you a little bit more money than you want to spend on a guy who's... He just looks completely and utterly lost, and you expect him to be a legitimate middle-of-the-order bat for you from the left side. Like you said, the All-Stars, he's terrible. Nobody on this team can fucking hit. And I don't want to hear about the injuries either. I mean, every team's been dealt injuries. They they haven't hit all year. And we even talked about them throughout the course of the season, man, that when they were winning, it was more a product of just a bad division. Well, that division doesn't suck anymore because the Atlanta Braves, if it wasn't for the Yankees, would be the hottest team in baseball. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves have absolutely turned it around, even missing Acuna. Um, I mean, they still have people. It's crazy because Acuna's so great, and you know I'm I'm in love with him. Of course. Um, but they do have the reigning NL MVP on that team. Yeah. So, uh, and, and they have Ozzy Albies and a few other players that are great as well. Um, yeah, the Mets. It, it's it's sad to see because you know I you know I root for them low key. Um, they just every time you think they got it figured out, they just can't do anything right. And you're right. Every team has had injuries. It just seems like it's so much more catastrophic when it happens to the Mets. And I don't know if it's the training staff. I don't know if it's the water in Queens. I lived in Queens for a bit. And, I mean, I I had a couple, like, I had to get stitches in Queens one time. Rough. Um, their hospital was brutal. Uh, you know, it was... Man, it was, this is just a death nail to those girls Queens. It was, a, it, listen, I was in the ER for six hours bleeding out. And then, finally, the, the guy, the PA comes in and... I'm bleeding. It's a cut right next to my eye, and he's like, "Oh, do you want to? Do I'm gonna numb this up?" I'm like, "At this point, stick the needle in me, man. Sitting in the lobby and waiting is more painful." <laughs> so I didn't even get the fucking. What, wait, they what happened? Oh, we were playing. Uh, we were playing uh, football at uh, on uh, the turf at, at school, St. John's University. No big deal. And uh, some kid, some douchebag was wearing uh, Oakleys, the big fat ones. Oh, yeah. I went up for a ball. He went up for a ball. And he smacked right into my face. Caught the ball, though. Not a big deal. Um, 
Well, you know. And his Oakley's just shredded. Isn't that what matters? Yes, yes. Shredded my eye open. And then I mm. literally walked to the hospital. Nice. Yeah, I wasn't going to go, but then I called my ex-girlfriend's mom, who's a nurse, after I washed it out. And she was like, that's pretty, pretty thick there. You should probably go get that stitched up. I was better wow. off doing it myself, honestly, <laughs> with a shoelace. Truly heroic. So, um, Queens, that's my little sidebar about Queens. Um, I don't know what's up there. Episode 200 to get to this story. We've talked plenty of Mets. Listen, I still love my Johnnies. Uh, I think <laughs> that they're turning into more of a mid-major program. You know, maybe a Dayton. Uh, it, it's there sad to say. Um, but Maybe the A-10 comes in and scoops them up. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but... Oh. You know, the Mets is just sad. And now I'm looking forward. They need to re-sign Baez in the worst way. Oh, man. That's hard to do because you're, you're going to make him play second base. So you're telling him that he's not even going to be able to play the position that would probably pay him the most money. Does he want to play with Lindor that bad where he's he going to He said he would play second. second base. But then again, that's until shit gets real, I guess. Okay, well, here's the other thing about Baez. Every single metric shows that he's going to get really, really bad in the coming years because he strikes out all the time. He doesn't walk, and now that bat speed's dropping. His range has already dropped at shortstop. I would not invest in him at all. And maybe you give him a nice chunk of change, but only give him two or three years. That's fair. If he really wants to play second base, you say, hey, here's you know $60 million for three years you know, three years, have fun. If the, if Cohen really wants to pay him because he can, that's fine. But I don't think he's going to solve that offense problem that he's, that Cohen's tweeting no, about. And they have the offense in house. They just darn hitting Pete Alonzo, McNeil's having, everybody's having a down year. Everyone's having a down year. And it's just a, to me, you look at the Mets and this is just, I would be sick to my stomach as a fan because you, they are the reverse of the Yankees. You know, the Yankees seem to get off to slow starts and they panic in the Bronx, but you know by the summer, maybe not this year, it took a little longer this year, but usually by the summer they're fine and hitting their stride. The Mets, they get off to hot starts and you're just waiting for the next shoe to drop. And this it's going to be a very interesting offseason in Queens because right now it doesn't, it doesn't only look like the Mets are not going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to sniff the playoffs. I think they're going to be way out of there because the way they're playing, how can you have any trust that this is a team that's going to be fighting for even a wild card spot? I think they're coming out of the more. East. Yeah. No, they're not coming out of the East. The Braves are, the Braves are taking that. Did know, you man. feel like they should have done more at the trade deadline than just get Javi Baez and Rich Hill? I like the Rich Hill move, but yeah, I think that they should have shored up their starters because every single starter has a question mark next to their name, aside from Stroman, who has had his share of injuries as well. I thought the guy that made the most sense for them was Barrios. I know that the uh, Twins gave, or the Blue Jays gave up some really highly thought of prospects. Uh, but the Blue Jays were in a position where they could because so many of their great players are so young. Yeah. But the Mets didn't want to go that route, but I thought Barrios was the perfect, perfect player to go get. And uh, they didn't. And offensively, you know, the best you could do is Baez. It's rough because they were in kind of in a situation that the Yankees were in, right? Like 
guys with resumes just weren't hitting and you kind of I'm like, okay, well, if we address the starting pitching, we'll be in more games and the offense will eventually come around. It hasn't, but the rest of the rotation obviously is in shambles outside of Stroman. None of this matters anyways because the Dodgers somehow, from being one of the best rosters ever, got better. Dude, we have to talk more about this trade deadline, even though it was a while ago. How? Where were you, and how did you react to seeing that that fucking Scherzer and Trey Turner were going to L.A.? Oh, I was shook. I, I don't even remember where I was, but I was shook. I mean, here's the thing. Everybody knows how good Scherzer is. I think he's a three-time Cy Young Award winner. He's a monster. The thing is, people don't understand how good Trey Turner is. I do because he's been on my fantasy team since he came up. I mean, mm-hmm. no big deal. I was scouting heavy. Um, yeah, well. And, I mean, this guy probably has more tools in this game than anybody else in baseball. He can hit 25 home runs. He can hit you 330. And he steals 60 bags a year. And he plays shortstop. I mean, a really good shortstop, too. He is one of the best shortstops in baseball, and nobody knows about him because of Tatis and a few others. Yeah, Correa story. But yes, obviously, he, I think, too, is that he kind of slid under the radar on that Nationals championship team. And with the shortstops about to hit free agency, people don't talk about him nearly as much as they should because he's not close. But. I think out of every shortstop in baseball, maybe the only person I take ahead of him is Tatis. Yeah, with C- with Seager close. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, now the Dodgers have Seager insurance. It's crazy, and it's like they already had Gavin Lux too. So absolutely, like, who was the number one prospect for multiple years. It's crazy, man. They're well, they're they are truly what the Yankees used to be, where. Every single year, they, they don't care. And let's talk about this, too. They did pick up Cole Hamels. Now, Hamels got hurt in a rehab start. He's not going to pitch for them. But they went, they went for him, and then they just picked up uh, Shane Green to add to their bullpen. Like, they go and get everybody. And much like I said about the Red Sox missing on Rizzo and Rizzo going to the Yankees of all teams, you got to feel sick if you're the Padres because it sounded like as, that, as the day was moving on, the Padres were like super close to getting him and that fell through. And it's not like he went somewhere else or out of division. He he went to the fucking Dodgers. I mean, that had to, that had to be a kick in the dick right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Padres did okay getting Frazier and a few other players. Frazier's hitting, you know, he's close to the batting title this year, but yeah, the Padres should have done more, especially with all those prospects that they have in their crop. Somehow the Dodgers still have a great prospects in their crop. Um, and then, you know, the last thing about the trade deadline that's crazy is all these Cubs players that got traded, there's rumors that they may all just turn around and re-sign with the Cubs. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's interesting to so see. Either. I think they want to develop. I mean, them trading Kimbrel over to the White Sox, they traded Chris Bryant to the Giants. They just they traded everybody other than Contreras, really, that, that had any value. Hendricks stayed, but... This is they're going to really invest in and and hope for that rebuild like they did back in the early 2010s and the Nationals too and dude you and I called this I think I'm sure plenty of other people did but I'm going to give us credit we said 
during the season as we were approaching July and then late July that that was nice of you to look, include me as I didn't for, for you but you said it well, we both said it. It was the Nats and the Cubs were in such interesting positions because they were teams that could completely dictate the trade deadline and because they had the players with the best resumes and the most lucrative players and have won their titles already so they didn't have to hang on. Mm-hmm. And shit, did both of those teams do that? I think it's the best move. It's, it was the best move for those two teams, and if you're a fan of either team, you really can't be pissed. Absolutely. You can be sad, but you don't. You can't be pissed. Not at all. I, I'll take a championship. If we win a championship, let Rizzo walk. Let everybody walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, it's what we said about Boston, right? I mean, their rebuilds, they're, they, they are really rough to win a championship, and then a year or two later, you know, being one of the worst teams in baseball but if it gets you a title it it's more palatable than it once was yeah i, I still mean, like being competitive every year but it's absolutely like- it's tough to watch Kopech be absolutely nasty especially in that game um on that was more watched than any other baseball game in a long time yeah what do you think of the field of dreams game bro i thought it was super cool i thought it was super cool uh, i i didn't think they went overly corny which was my concern, but I—I I mean, it's hard to go overly corny when you have uh, Costner. You know. Yep. I, I think he's like an. How much do you think they paid him? By the way. I don't know. Maybe he was just so all in on that that he didn't even. I—I I, I don't know because he loves that movie. He's proud of that movie, which I don't blame him. Um, you know, I—I I thought the, it was just the ball was flying there, man. I don't Friend understand. Of mine. A friend of mine said, the balls are going to be juiced tonight. I said, what makes you think that? He's like, remember the London series. And yeah. I said, true. And got, Brett Gardner hit one out. And when Gardner hit one out, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe. But, yeah, I agree with you, man. I thought it was pretty cool, too. I, I'm a I'm a cynic by nature. I, I think some of these things are, especially in the regular season, the games count. I, I felt very similar to this as I felt about the games in London. I don't care where they're played. We really need a win. If you really want to spice this up, make it an exhibition game. But the more that I watched it and just Fox did a great job, I thought. I'm a history nerd, so I really like the classic unis and like the classic scoreboard and the 1920s stuff. It was really well done, and God, the game was fucking great with the exception of the Yankees losing. But yeah. I thought it was really well done, and they're going to do it again next year. Good. I hope the Yankees are back. Cubs Reds. I'll still watch. Um, all right, you ready to talk some basketball? I am, man. Why don't you lead off this segment? All right, I guess we can go through the draft a little bit because our Nets and our Knicks. Although the Nets, the guy the Nets got looks pretty Ooh. damn good, man. I want to talk about him in a little bit. Um, he he looks really good. But the first thing I want to say is, and I mean this as well, I love when teams make dumb trades that don't make them that much better and trade on lottery protected picks and it and and they don't get the protections on them like the fact that the warriors were able to take the pick from your boy D'Angelo Russell and the Minnesota Timberwolves and the fact that the Magic were able to get a second pick because they traded away Vucevic and the Bulls didn't even make the playoffs I love that shit I love when teams have to pay Oh, it's great. I mean, it just shows how many inept 
executives there are out there or how desperate teams are to just get a little bit better. With that being said, uh, picks one through three, very chalky. Um, I love all three, and I think all three, every expert was saying, including myself, who I consider myself an expert, everyone considers me an expert, don't question That's me. That's not true. All three for all three picks could have been first pick, number one overall picks in a lot of other drafts. That's how good this top end is. Everyone think, was saying that, man. I think Cade Cunningham is a franchise changer. I think the Pistons are immediately going to get better. I think Jalen Green is going to win a scoring title someday. And I think Mobley is going to be probably a better version of DeAndre Ayton, who is pretty damn good. Real fast, how do you like the pairing that Cleveland's doing there with uh, Mobley and Jared Allen? I think Jared Allen is a fun player, but I think Mobley is an all-star caliber player. I think Allen can be a lesser version of Rudy Gobert. That's his that's his ceiling. Yep. Um, winners of the draft for me was the Orlando Magic. Uh, it, it wasn't really anything that they did on their own, but the fact that Jalen Suggs fell to them and then the fact that they got a guy who can actually put the ball in the basket, which is something that they desperately need, he can shoot. And he can actually dribble and defend a little bit in Wagner in the eighth pick. I think they won the draft. Yeah, they were universally applauded for the work that they did in this draft. And you got to give them a lot of credit because they're a team with no identity. They're kind of in purgatory. They're a perennial, you know, eight seed to fringe playoff team. And you've still got Jonathan Isaac. Hopefully he's back this year playing well. But yeah, to get Suggs and Wagner, that's a. Honestly, I don't know how you do better than that with those picks. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors had me scratching my head a little bit because they're a win-now team, and they took the biggest project seemingly in the history of the draft with Kaminga. But I don't know if you saw the cross to the dunk play he had in the Summer League. Oh, oh my I saw God. it. He I could it. be something special. And then the second pick taken Moses Moody. Um, I watched... A little bit of him this past year. The one thing that the Warriors need to surround themselves with is a guy that doesn't need the ball and that can shoot. He can't shoot. Maybe he can defend because he's 6'5", but he can't shoot. So I I, I don't really know. That was a head-scratcher for me, but I guess they're smart. Maybe they'll tell me something. Um, Giddy as well. Um, He went a little early. He's six foot eight. He's a guard out of Australia, super super flashy player. But I mean, you think Moody can't shoot? This guy couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Uh, maybe he'll develop into with that jump shot. And I don't really know what they're doing with the guards out there either. Um, a few uh, Davion Mitchell, another guy I'm scratching my head at. How many more guards do you need in, in Sacramento? If they're offering you know contracts to every guard in the world, I'll take one. <laughs> Yeah, you got some handles. Maybe you could shoot a little bit for him. <laughs> yeah. Let me yeah. ask you a question. Were you surprised that Scotty Barnes went ahead of uh, Jalen Suggs? I was shocked. I was I too. mean, Scotty Barnes is it. an interesting player. He seems like a guy that can legitimately defend all positions, as defend well one through four. Um, but another guy, this was not a shooter late in draft. This guy cannot shoot. But he can pass and he can dribble, so we'll see – you know, they, I, I don't know. We'll see. I was shocked by it personally. Um, 
you know, Toronto obviously identifies their guys, and it's hard to go against what they've done over the last decade, uh, decision-making-wise. But, yeah, I was shocked by that. I thought Suggs there was a perfect fit. Um, but, hey, who knows? That's that's the best part about the draft and the post-draft process is we get to think of these guys as fits with certain teams, and in all likelihood, they're not going to make it past their first their first years, you know, their first four years with that team, uh, if they're anything less than, you know, a serviceable player. So we'll see. I I was very interested to see what these teams in the lottery were going to do and what they wanted to address. Um, one guy I was surprised went down as far as he did was my boy book Knight. Who was my next mention? He was book Knight for the Hornets is my favorite pick in the draft because they they got rid of they absolutely fleeced the New Orleans Hornets for Devontae Graham. Excuse me, Pelicans. I didn't say the, the Washington whatever team. So let's get over it there. You know you know it takes me a few years. Well, well, the Hornets are the team that traded with the Pelicans, so I feel like that's an important. That's a good point. That's probably why I got confused. Thank you for giving. Thank you for reminding me of my excuse there. I think he is a great fit for the Hornets because they got like a first round draft pick for and and something else for Devontae Graham who looks like he's probably a guy off the bench that can maybe give you 10. This guy whether he starts or comes off the bench is somebody that I can I think can average 20 points a game in the league. Yo, this team is fucking fun. Mhm. Absolutely. Well, that might be the most I... fun team in the league. Yep, Lamelo. I mean, even Scary Terry. You've got Bridges. I, this team's really, this team's really fun. And Absolutely. Hayward there, if he's healthy, is obviously going to be as good of a player as you need. I think this is a team that, if you want a league pass team to really hone in on, I know a lot of people were in on them last year, but this coming year, adding Book Knight's dimension. I mean, he's just he's. You even saw him in the summer league. I'm sure. I mean, he's he's as NBA ready as I thought any player taken in the lottery is. Absolutely, man. He can he can score with the best of them. Um, he's just got so many moves in his bag already that he doesn't, you know, he that that's something that he doesn't have to figure out. No, not at all. All right, let's talk about your netters, man. They had the 27th pick, and they go with Cameron Thomas out of UCLA. He's a guard. And LSU. Excuse me, LSU. I'm getting my fucking, jeez. Give me a second. I worked a lot this week, folks. Okay, let me just say that. And I was also electric. But you say you say that. Well, that is different. But you say that as if I don't do anything. I oh yeah, that's what I say. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what I say. But I was also. Were you electrocuted this week? Because I was. It was my well, own no, fault. No, you threw that caveat in there, and then I because I was going to say, well, I worked a lot this week too. But then you threw in the electrocuted part, and no, I. It was my own say. fault. All right. Well, maybe that did something to your brain with your schools, but although that's usually not that's usually not been your forte through the 200 episodes, but yeah, out of LSU, this guy can fill it up, man. I'm telling you what, dude. I was excited, but I was also I had a lot of mixed emotions. So let's go back earlier in the day. Did you cry? They trade, no, they traded Shamit to Phoenix for the 29th pick. So I'm like, all right interesting but sure 
So they have 27 and 29, which immediately makes me think they're of two things. They're going to move up or they're going to package these picks because let's remember last year they traded their first for Shamit. And I'm like, this is a win-now team. There's no way they're going to have they're going to pick rookies that matter that they're going to have to pay. So they're going to move up or they're going to trade 27 and 29. So they pick Cam Thomas. And I remember listening to all the pre-draft podcasts and everything about how elite of a scorer this guy is. And I was like, wow, well, he's going to help somebody. Maybe him and DeAndre Jordan go somewhere. There were whispers that Jordan was going to be traded. All indications as they were going to keep him. Then they take um, Darren Sharp out of North Carolina, who had been mocked to him a lot, or to the Nets a lot at 27. They took him at 29. So I'm like, holy shit, they're going to keep these guys. So I started to get a little excited about that. And then I watched the Summer League. And my fucking God, Cam Thomas doesn't do much else other than score, but he can do that on all three levels. And I'm excited to watch this guy come off the bench and play in the second unit with the Nets. Absolutely, man. I mean, what else do you need on that team besides some scoring off the bench, which is what you guys desperately needed last year? It, we really did. I, you had no second out. unit. And Shamit was shouldn't even be mad about him going. He was He was nothing. For you guys. Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't mad about him going at all. I, I was just wondering because I, I, when I, I saw that they acquired a second pick, immediately I'm just thinking about the situations the Nets are in and taking two rookies, even one rookie, and having him play um, is just not something that win now teams normally do, especially that late in the draft. But I was excited as hell about him, and he was co MVP of the summer league, which was even cooler. So I'm definitely excited about him. And Sharp seems like a guy who might be a two way player, or you know, maybe play a little bit earlier in the season. He's a tenacious rebounder. He's a little undersized, but I, I like it. I like seeing him too. It'll be interesting, man. Um, but your Knicks made a couple of very interesting moves. Uh, on draft night as well. Yeah, Sean, why don't you explain them to me? Because I don't know what the fuck happened. All I know is we have Quentin Grimes, who looks like a somebody that could be a rotational player. It was just about acquiring extra picks, I guess. Second round or so. That they really wanted. Yeah. Hey, this McBride kid looks pretty good for you. They yeah. took out of West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, he looks pretty good. He looks like a dog, which is what I want to see. But, yeah, nothing exciting for the Knicks. I'm just happy that I wasn't disappointed in the early lottery again, right? Yeah, there you go. That's something to be happy about. And we know how Tibbs' teams are. I mean, he's not going to really play rookies all that much. But no. Grimes had, I think, what, one or two pretty good games. He scored, I think, 26 and one summer league game out of University of Houston. Looked like a decent player. He can score. He can shoot. But, yeah, maybe a rotational player. But that's more a product of where your team is, which I think is exciting, especially as we segue over into free agency. Man, what a time to be alive. The Knicks making smart, savvy moves. First of all, they re-signed Julius Randle. Um, I think we spoke about that already. We did um, not. We haven't talked since before the draft, bro. I don't know. So. Time is Time is something. <laughs> Um, the deal Julius Randle got, I believe, was a four-year deal. Correct? I think it was four or three with a player option for like a hundred and seventy-seven or hundred, no, hundred forty-eight. Yeah, and you know what? I'm just happy that they were. Honestly, I think here's how I feel about it: if Randle can play how he played in the regular season last year and carry that over, then they got an absolute steal with this guy. We talked about this for sure on the pod post-playoffs. 
Julius Rand. The problem with Julius Randall's playoffs was the fact that Julius Randall was asked to do things that he should not be asked to do, Absolutely. which is be the main option on a on a playoff team with aspirations of winning around. And that is not his fault. That is delusional fans' faults and the organization's fault if they're going to make him the centerpiece of a team. And they did not do that. But he was also let's not lose sight of how damn good of a player he turned into this year that's a guy you don't want to lose and he saved your boys a lot of money with the extension that he took too yeah i couldn't agree more that was the first savvy move they made then they go out and get evan fournier on a what looked to be a little bit expensive of a contract on that four-year deal turns out it's a three-year deal for i think about 60 million with a real fast the randall extension was four years 140 yeah and then there's a there's a uh Fifth-year player option. I'm looking yes, at it right now. Um, yep. Back to the Fournier deal, who is a guy who can create his own shot, pretty hard-nosed defensively. You saw him in the Olympics for France. By the way, we don't really have to talk much about the Olympics because this is what the United States does in basketball. We knew they were going to win. We said they were going to win. They won. Um, back, to, back to Fournier. They got him on a three-year deal for... Uh, around 60 with a club option for the fourth year, which I'm going to go ahead and decline that right now for them. Sure. He might not even be on the team by then. So absolutely. That's a very, very, very tradable contract. And then the big deal, they signed Kemba Walker for absolutely nothing after being bought out by the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New York Knicks of old would have traded the moon, the stars and the sky to Oklahoma City to get him. Nope, they wait for a buyout because they realize there's no other market and that they're that they're literally bidding against themselves. They let him get bought out, and then they sign him for nothing. Kemba's home. The New York boy is back in town. Sean's UConn baby that won him a championship is back for nothing. Might as well take him. Oh, you have to fucking take him and be ecstatic. A couple other moves for you that should make you happy. Alec Burks is back. Derek Rose is back. Yes. And Nerlens Noel is back. Yes, all our so guys are keeping, back. You're keeping a good core of this team. Good backup uh, core. Yes, that are obviously – and Taj Gibson too on the back end there. But those are valuable pieces to have. Yeah, Kemba, Kemba Man, Walker signing does a lot. Because one, if he can get himself healthy and playing – even at like a just below all-star level, like I'd say like right around what Mike Conley does. I know he made the all-star team this year, but what he did for the rest of his career where he gets mentioned, he doesn't have to actually be an all-star, just shoot better from three. I know he's going to be a turnstile on defense. It, it just gives the Knicks so much more of an ability. It gives him a playmaker. It gives him somebody to play in the pick and roll with Randall. And then create his own shot. Exactly. And it also puts Quigley where he should be, which is running the second unit. Kemba Walker and for the New York Knicks, after the absolute wasteland that was your point guard position, is as good of a move as any team made in free agency, and I'm not saying that in a hyperbolic way. Yes, the way in which you got him was even better. I never thought you were going to have to trade. I thought maybe you could trade 
you know, a Kevin Knox and nothing, and just absorb some of the money for him. But you didn't even have to do that. I wouldn't so mind signing that. him. No, but, but that was literally how little value he had because so few teams were actually in the market to a acquire what that contract was. And Oklahoma City was never going to. It's not like when they had Chris Paul. Kemba Walker's not Chris Paul as much as I like Kemba Walker. But his value has dropped precipitously since he came from Charlotte to Boston. And we know what Kemba Walker is, okay? He, he, the knee is troublesome, but he sounds as healthy as he's been in a while. And for where the Knicks are as a team, he is a huge, huge, and I cannot stress that enough, upgrade from Alfred Payton. You now have Derrick Rose coming off the bench where he doesn't have to play 27 minutes a game. You have quickly in the right spot. Plus, he is going to have nights where he gets you 30 effortlessly and don't worry about the defense and don't worry about him getting cooked by some of the top other guards in the conference. The Knicks are not contending for a championship. So just enjoy the highs that are going to come with Kemba Walker if he's healthy. And there's a fuck ton of them. Absolutely. And all these deals that they signed are also tradable for the next unhappy superstar. They didn't give up anything for their future. If a, if a Damian Lillard, wants to become available next summer they have a lot of flexibility and the fournier deal was very good um he's a he's a legitimately good player uh he has been for a while man i i am so happy with this new with this new regime that the knicks have i haven't had to mention the name james dolan and his jazz band in a long time you haven't there's been no need to this was a really good i don't know what's come over the guy but i love it he finally put people who know what the fuck they're doing in charge. Yeah, I, I, I'm over the moon. I think the coolest thing from the position that you're in is you're you were a four seed last year, but you were not a true four seed. You know, like we watched that series and Atlanta was head and shoulders above. And in a truncated season, the Knicks won, and this is not taking any credit away from them; it's just as facts. They won a lot of games when teams took nights off. Uh, on the second half of back-to-backs and we're dealing with COVID issues and whatever. And that's all the credit to the Knicks for having that identity. And it's a really fun one until you get into the playoffs where you need talent to win. And they upgraded in those positions that really didn't give them any production this offseason without mortgaging the future and without saying, hey, we're going to try to contend for a title the next two years because they know that they're not in that position. But they should be a playoff team because it'd be a huge disappointment if you go from a four seed to the outside looking in. Absolutely, man. I'm so excited. I I, I love Summer League because it means the NBA is coming back. I can't wait for it. Football's right around the corner. You know when Hard Knocks starts, it's coming. And I think we're on either episode two or episode three. I've only caught half of episode one. Have you watched it all? No, I have not. But I know uh, I'm. I want to know what Will Smith is. I'm not a Hard Knocks guy, by the way. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Hard. Knocks. I used to be a big Hard Knocks guy, but then last year's yeah. season was kind of whack. Um, I'm yeah, because it was like the two LA teams. Last yeah, year, right? it was just. Yeah. You couldn't really get the storylines in because it was two teams, but I'm going to go back all in this year just because Jerry's such a fucking idiot. I was happy the Giants were not a part of it because they're like one of the only two or three teams that they actually might be like the only team now that's never been on it. Um, But I know it's Will Smith's Cowboys, and that's always as if they need any more reason to be in the headlines, right? The, The Knicks, the Giants will do it. 
Oh, they have to. I think they're contractually obligated. I think they're just trying to hold out for as long as possible to not do it. Yeah. I, I, the Giants, I, I'm sure they get some type of money. Yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is with the NFL and forcing teams, but I know that's a big summer program for them, and that's like, hey, fuckers, watch these guys uncensored. There's been a lot of brawls. There was an in-fight brawl at Giants camp. Now there's one against the Browns from today. So if they were going to have one, you know, this this summer might have been the time to do it. Hey, it's hot, and these guys are smacking into each other a hundred times. I don't blame them. And they're finally able to after last year too. So they they got some pent up frustration. They want to fucking beat the piss out of each other. Yeah, I'm yeah. here for it. All right, bro. You ready to talk a little golf? I was going to talk my Nets free agency if that was okay. Let's just talk your Nets free agency quickly. It's listen. Resigning Blake, good move. Lost Jeff Green, questionable, but he got he got more money in Denver. Good for him. Patty Mills is a very under the radar that signing. Move. That's a huge move, huge move for them. Because the other thing they didn't have was a backup point guard. Uh, he's damn good for that position, and he can score. And he's big game in both international and and in the NBA playoffs and finals. I thought that was a huge move. So they didn't have to do That's a lot. That's Kyrie obviously. insurance for you right there for a couple weeks when he goes on his hiatus. Of course, yeah, give me some Patty Mills. But um, yeah, I thought Blake Griffin coming back made a lot of sense, and they still have a couple of. They let Dinwiddie go. They got an eleven point five million trade exception. I heard Kyrie's actually Jewish now, and he's going to do birthright. Um, that's basically when you go to the to the home country, but he's planning on doing it in season. So Probably. I just read well, that in the time, January, New York Times. Yeah, January, you know, in those cold winter days in January makes like a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, it was. I thought the Patty Mills signing was was really huge uh, for them. Yeah, he's going to be able to uh, like spell Kyrie when, whenever he's unable to play for whatever reason, and he's going to be great coming off the bench, running the second unit. Um, I think the Nets got better. I think the Knicks got better. I think the Nets should be the favorite to win the title next year. Which they are. Yeah. So, can we talk real fast before we go into golf? Yeah, don't I just even want bring to, up LeBron. I don't want to bring up LeBron at all. I wanted to. I just want to ask you about the Westbrook trade and how you think that's going to work, and then all those other little signings that they made too. Uh, I, I, you brought up LeBron in a in a. It, it, LeBron's name will be brought in, up <laughs> in a roundabout way. Yeah, I brought him up, but making you bring him up. <sighs> Um, like I, I was, I saw like ranking of big threes on like Bleacher Report and, and the Lakers were up there. And like, I guess if you want to rank just because maybe LeBron and and Davis tip the scale so much that you can rank it higher. And, And I love Westbrook as an energy, um, player when it's game, you know, 55 on a Tuesday night and you need somebody just to go balls to the wall and win you this game on their own because LeBron and AD are trying to catch their breath. But, like, as a playoff player, no, I I could care less, honestly. And you know what, though? Maybe LeBron is the answer. Maybe LeBron will drag him to an NBA Finals championship. But I don't think he makes as big of an impact as everybody else does. This isn't 2012 Russell Westbrook. Even if it was, I mean, his style of play, uh, yeah, I think they made this move more for the reason of like what you said. 
win us a couple of games so we don't have these bad losing streaks and drop seven or eight games in the standings over three weeks because you can go out and win games on your own for us. And by the way, Uh, just to give him credit where credit's due, you're not going to lose seven or eight games because his ass will be on the floor, unlike the other two of recent. That's what I mean. Like he's he's a conundrum and both of us have been very emphatic. But he plays, and hey, he got the Washington Wizards into the playoffs. Like, that's he, – he, he can do that. and we, we know he can do that. So he's going to be excited to be back there too. Um, the other signings, though, like Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, I actually like those moves. But then they've just got the ancient guy. I mean, weren't you excited about bringing Trevor Ariza back for what? Yeah, Trevor Ariza's got to be one of the oldest players in the league, right? He has to be. Him and he's up there for sure. Him and LeBron. I mean, Ariza was drafted in the second round by the Knicks in like what, 05, 06? It was something around there, man, yeah. I mean, I don't know why. Maybe he can hit a corner three, but he's not playing lockdown defense like he did when he was on the Lakers that won in 2010 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you bring back Dwight. I don't know if Dwight had any other offers. Um, but it didn't really work out for him on the Sixers. I mean, I like I like the Nun signing because he's a guy who one night might just be able to drop like. I think he's worth it just in the sense that he might be able to give you like thirty five one night. Yep. And and I like Malik Monk just because I think. I don't know. I I, I think that he needs the ball. I I think he needs somebody to get him the ball in the right spots, and that just didn't. Well, happen. it ain't gonna be Melo, who's also there now. True, it ain't gonna be Mello, but maybe LeBron can get him unlocked. Um, Mello, I don't know. Maybe he could average twelve a game. If they get Portland Mello, actually, that's a pretty nice signing. I think that's what they're expecting because Portland Mello was—I like to call Portland Mello acceptance Mello. Yeah, where he finally got over the fact that he wasn't Denver Nuggets, New York Knicks Mello. And which was what he was trying to be on Houston as well as Oklahoma City. And he was just like, all right, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to show you that I still have elite footwork and that I'm going to fill it up from three-point range and mid-range and do nothing else. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to play 20 minutes a night and I'm going to shoot every time I get the ball and I'm going to have nights where I make everything. Yeah, and that's fine. It's uh, The problem with when he was in Houston for – four games or whatever, and when he was in Oklahoma City, was that he was trying to be iso-mellow where I'm going to take up 18 seconds of the shot clock and pound the ball and then get nothing out of it. Whereas now it's, all right, the play's broken down, they got me the ball, I'm going to do a two-dribble fadeaway, and it's going to be nothing but net every once in a while. And he's going to be put in situations where everybody on the floor is going to know on the nights he's the nights he's got it going, just feed him the ball and get out of the way. Because he's um, still, man, he can still fill it up when he's hot. He can. Uh, just because of how backdated we are, I'm not going to talk about everything in free agency because it's impossible to do that. We'll literally be turning this into an NBA pod. I'm just excited as hell to do the predictions because the season starts in mid-October this year, so we're not that far away, yep. even though we have football to do. But just give me a quick like one or two winners and one of two losers from free agency that stood out to you. 
Pelicans, losers. I, I don't know what the fuck they were doing, and I don't know how you're going to keep Zion that way. Um, another loser is probably Philly. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what they could do, but whatever they did do sucked. Um, Andre Drummond. Danny Green back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Andre Drummond is just... I mean, every time Joel Embiid played him, unless he's going to take a bench roll where he's just going to abuse backup centers, that's what it's going to be. Every time Joel Embiid played against him, he dominated him. So you're just going to get a much, 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 much lesser version of Joel Embiid. Um, Those are two big losers, big winners. I'm going to throw the Knicks in there. I I thought they did an incredible job in that Kemba trade. Just honestly, it literally blew me away. Yeah, and then the other signings that you that you made too. It just with the position that you're in. Um, for winners, for me, I'm putting uh, Miami in there. Oh yeah, big uh, time. With, with Lowry and and they they made some big moves. I think PJ Tucker fits that team real well. Yeah. Um, and I like I like Utah bringing back Conley, and uh, they also got Rudy Gay, who I thought was a player that could fit a lot of championship aspiration teams, and he's going to slide in there and Seems give to them get something. With age. Yeah, that's a that's a guy that we're going to have on a lot of nights where you know Utah's pissing away games and be like, oh, there you go. Um, one other one because you gave your Knicks, I'm going to give the Nets Kevin Durant resigned with a four year extension. So any hope of people saying, well, the Nets aren't going to be around for a while. As long as you have Kevin Durant, you're you're going to be around for a while. Um, and then losers, obviously, New Orleans, like you said, terrible. And we we didn't go in depth on Chicago, but they are a question mark. They could be a winner or a loser. I like Toronto. They, they, I do too. But they gave him a shit ton of money, man. I mean, that's a lot of money. And, I hear and what they did gave for DeRozan too, and they still haven't figured out marketing yet. Or um, Levine. Or Levine. So I, I don't know. They're they're a loser right now just because of how much they gave up. Um, They're a loser because it's all question marks. Because it's all question marks. Yeah. So uh, I, that's where I would rank right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. I, I, Chicago is the biggest question mark in the league. They seem like they're trying to get better, but they they feel I feel like they they're half pregnant with it. Yeah, or they're doing what you know we applauded the Knicks for not doing, which yeah, is trying very, to do a little too I'm much too very soon old, with untradeable contracts. Very old Knicksy vibes. Yeah, because how how are you going to reconcile in another? year or two if Lonzo if the pairing of Lonzo and DeRozan aren't working out you can't move those contracts very easily no and then you're and then you're gonna have to let a true young superstar or all-star in Levine walk and you've done nothing to support Laurie Markkinen not to mention you traded your lottery pick of two years ago already in Wendell Carter and they're trying to trade Markkinen now and and you got Vooch just sitting there too yeah, I know. They're a weird team, man. The more I think about them, it'll and be Kobe interesting White, to see. I don't know. I mean, they've got a lot of question marks. I'm interested to see where we rank them in a couple months. But I think that covers the basketball unless there's anything else or, or now we can finally go into some PGA. Yeah, man. Uh, we talked a little more, Kawa. Um, I mean, that guy is incredible. Uh, just the best ball striker around right now. We have moved into the FedEx Cup playoffs. We are Going down to Jersey, right near the city, um, at the Northern Trust, and the best golfer in the world, who is in my fearsome foursome, 
Um, as well as another member of my fearsome force, number one and two right now. Tony Finau is number two, and number one is John Rom, and they're nice. absolutely murdering it. Um, I think John Rom is going to win the whole damn thing. To be honest, really, the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, man, he's playing out of his mind. He reminds me a lot of Dustin Johnson of last year, where he is just on an absolute heater and everything is working for him. It's got to give you a lot of confidence if you're making any comps to DJ. Yeah. I mean, DJ's had a down year this year. Uh, I just think it was too much golf for a lot of these guys. He, I don't think he took enough time off, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, DJ's just had an off year. I mean, you got Brooksy in the top ten. You got Spieth in the top ten. This is an interesting, uh, this is an interesting little tournament to see uh, who moves on in the playoffs. Very cool. Yeah, the thing that sure. I'm more interested to see points-wise and who gets selected is who represents us for the Ryder Cup. I was just going to ask you about the Ryder Bryson, Cup. if you throw Patrick Reed, which is like pulling a pin on a grenade and just throwing it into a big pile of gasoline. Seeing give the people there. what they want, Tom. Please, do it. I don't give a shit. And you know who doesn't? Who else doesn't give a shit? Because I think it'll be really good for the team, even though he'll probably be miserable around them. Patrick Reed doesn't give a shit. And he'll do whatever it takes to win, including cheat, which I love. Oh, yeah, big fan of cheaters. We've That's been well documented. Yes, just don't get caught like you have a few times, Patrick. Cheaters in spite. And don't have your wife tweet at people. On this pod. His <laughs> wife's got this fake account called, I think it's called Use Golf Facts. Oh, she's a, she's got a burner? Yeah, and she just goes at people. Fantastic. Yeah, so, you know, just don't have your wife fight your battles and, and don't get caught cheating. And we're good. we're golden here. You're good in my book. Yeah, that's those are two things that you don't want to be super known for. I mean, everybody hates you already, unless he's really going for it. But so, for my pick for the FedEx Cup, I obviously have John Rahm. He's leading it. He's one of my he's one of my guys, along with obviously Tony Finau, Max Homa, and Brooks. We've ironed out that is an ironclad foursome. I'm never changing it again. Good, lock it in. Lock it in. Got anything else? Well. I was going to ask you what you've been go- what's been going on with you since we last talked. Everything's good down here. New job. Um, life is good here, man. It's just hot. Um, the only problem is with the Delta variant, we're back in stage five. So it's kind of like what it was when I moved here. But um, Masks are back on. What's that? Masks are back on. Masks are back on. Yep. Yep. Um, but it, everything's good. Uh, I've been checking out some live music, which has been really cool, um, and just doing a lot of stuff outside. You know, predominantly in the morning or at night when it's not too fucking hot. Because every day now, I mean, it's it's a hundred by by four or five o'clock. But yeah, man, I'm living I'm living life down here. What's been going on with you? Uh, working I know a lot. The, I know you've been to the stadium a few times. Uh, yeah, I went to uh, the Yankee game a couple weeks ago. Michaela, my friend Pat, uh, his girlfriend, and then our secretary and his wife um, made made our way to the stadium. We got. To was see- that a uh, business trip, and was there anything there as like you know trying to keep him on keep him on payroll, or was that more of a leisurely? No, nah, it was it was just like uh, you've done a good job lately. I'll I'll take you to this game. So we saw nice. a good one. The Yankees ended up winning. We left. Early, the secretary was falling asleep in his chair, so we had to get up out of there. Um, 
Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been playing a little bit of golf here and there. I've just been working my ass off, but that's what you got to do because, you know, once once the girlfriend becomes the wife and then hopefully she becomes uh, pretty high up in her career, I'm hoping I can play golf all the time. You know, that's the goal. That's the uh, goal for both know, of us. That's right. You got to have you got to have dreams um, and you got to do what you can to secure those dreams. So, exactly. So I'm just going like to keep, keep motivating. That's all I can do. You can do it. Good for you, babe. I'm so proud of you. You know, all that good stuff. And then before you know it, I'll yeah. be playing golf four days a week, maybe five. I, I don't know. Um, hey, aside from good that, though, you. it's hot as balls out here in New York, too. Um, very humid. And we have a tropical storm slash hurricane coming our way. I don't know which one it's going to be. I think hurricane threshold is 75 mile an hour winds. Um, I think we're going to be in the 67 to 70 mile an hour. So we're looking at a very, very strong um, tropical storm. So we're going to get hit with some rain. I got a tea time booked on Sunday. Um, and I'll tell you what, I, when I first started playing golf, I would play in any weather. I am absolutely over rain golf. So if it is that bad out, I will be taking the day off. You hit a certain point of a hobby or, you know, something that you like to do in life and you can make an excuse for it at any time. Right. You know, like I if if there was a if there was a live music show that I wanted to see, if if an artist or band was playing that I would really want to see, I would fucking give up anything. Or if I had a chance to go out on a Friday night or something, I would take the chance in a heartbeat. Now, you know, there's going to be other opportunities and um if you're going to do them again, there's no need to do them in any situation other than the right one. So I hear you. If you're golfing the, to the volume in which you are, skip those rainy days. Yeah, and it's just like at the beginning of the season when you haven't played all year, because obviously in the Northeast we have seasons. Um, you know that. <laughs> You've lived here for a long time. Yes, I haven't um, forgotten. Yeah, you get that itch maybe at the beginning of the season in March and April. I'll play in the rain just because I've been dying to play. I've been cooped up all winter playing simulators only. But now we're deep into the season. We're in August now. I don't want to have to clean all my clubs and lay them out and be so- after the round. It'd be soaking wet and, and disgusting. And don't get me wrong. If you tell me there's there's five straight days of sunshine and I have nothing else to do, I will play five straight days of golf. I'll play 20 straight days of golf. I love it that much. But when it comes to the weather, I'm just, I'm over it. Hey, I can appreciate that. Um, and I think pretty much every avid golfer that's not trying to go pro or on the amateur level, um, trying to go pro, um, would agree with you. There's no reason to do it if you're playing at the volume in which you're playing. How have you been playing overall, by the way? You said you sucked yesterday, but I won't ask. Uh, I sucked on Sunday. I have I Sunday. Yeah, I have not been able to play golf given my work schedule. Um, I mean, I haven't been I haven't been that bad, but uh, you know, I shot I played an easy course and shot a 96, which isn't great, but I, I broke a hundred. I'm sitting at like a 23 handicap right now, which isn't the worst in the world, but you know, I'm just starting out, so we'll see. Are you doing lessons or anything like that, or are you just playing right now? No, I've never taken a lesson in my life. I, I watch a lot of YouTube, although the continuing education in the town that I live in is offering golf instruction for a very cheap price in September, so I may treat myself. 
Hey, there you go. Yeah, I made you see if a swing coach can help me. Yeah, uh, there's only so much that YouTube tutorials can give you. you Exactly, I might just bite the bullet. For the price that it is, it's so cheap through the town. I don't care if there's 30 people there. I'll go. Even if I can get five minutes of questions in, it'll be worth it. There you go. And listen, if you're playing as much as you are and you've been working as much as you have been, you, you might have a little bit of money. You can treat yourself for that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You've been watching any good shows, anything like that? Maravie's Town is still something I've got on my list. Oh, and I was planning on it. That, until that feels Yankees like a lifetime ago. Until, I know, that, right? But that was back when I was saying, well, you know, my weeknights aren't going to be too bad aside from those nights where I work because I don't need to waste my time on the Yankees and look at what this team does. So, um, you know me, I'm always going to prioritize sports when I am home. Um, so I, that is something I will I will get into. Um, some, I have been watching some stand up comedy lately, though, like on Netflix. If I've got like a little bit of time, um, the Chappelle ones are great. Dude, the Chappelle ones are great. I ran through those, um, but I rewatched a uh, Daniel Tosh one from like 2011. It was fucking hilarious. Mm. Such an asshole, but really funny. I was like, there's some good material that's kind of held up. Some hasn't, um, but pretty good stuff. Uh, good way to kill an hour. Um, but yeah, man, just, especially when football starts, I got to get that show in before football. Cause then I'll have no time. No, not at all. I cannot wait for football season before we wrap up. I can't wait. Um, I like where the jets are at right now. I, I like the fact that even after the Carl Lawson injury. Yeah, I know the Achilles. That's, that's not easy. It's like my Mets, man. It, it really is. Your Mets. I, I was, I, in another life, I'm a Mets fan, you know? That's just the way I feel with the Jets and with the Knicks. It, it's tough. And I just feel like Zach Wilson right now is kind of like where Justin Herbert was last year. He's he's not getting any of the hype that the rest of the quarterback class is. I'm just hoping that the rest of the year is like Justin Herbert's as well. Do you worry at all that you literally don't have a security blanket for him? Like you don't have a backup quarterback right now. I mean, they're obviously going to sign a backup quarterback. Um, Let Foles get cut and bring him in or something. Exactly. I think Foles is going to get cut, bring him in as a backup. They're going to have a backup. Um, But no, I'm not worried about it. Throw this kid right to the fucking Wolves. We spent a second second overall pick on him. Let's figure out if he's the guy. If not, keep it moving. I am extremely excited about our wide receiver corpse, though. I can tell you that. Wide receivers are going to finally give your young quarterback an opportunity to be good. I don't like what I'm hearing about Makai Becton because he was, by I think, outside of Werfs, the best tackle of that rookie class last year. Um, but there's been talk of him having a very shitty camp and not coming in in great shape. But Robert Sala, I think, will get that under control. But It's early, baby. It's early. And this is the time of year where no matter how shitty your team is projected to be, you can be excited because that's just what football does for us. And I got to ask you, how's your fantasy situation? Do you, when is the draft? Have you drafted yet? What's the deal with that? You know, I don't play. Draft is on Tuesday, August 31st. As everybody knows, I got the trophy sitting right here. I am a reigning champion. The Greenwich Big Dogs. I've got a new T-shirt, a new Big Dogs T-shirt. I had, I can't recycle the one from last year. Every year I will have a new one, different theme. Um, the Big Dogs are ready. You know, every player that's going to be on my team, I've done thorough research. They are going to be a big dog, uh, not just a dog, but a big dog. 
Um, and, and we're going to be ready to defend this title. And I hope everybody that um, is in my fantasy league, you know, thanks for paying, first of all. Thanks for paying yeah. and thanks for playing. Um, enjoy playing for second place. That's that's really all I have to say. And it's if I mantra. text you to trade, there should always be one eyebrow up because if I'm texting you, you're probably going to end up with a loose butthole at the end. I'm just going to leave it at that. I <laughs> uh, love it. I uh, I enrolled in my um, Survivor and uh, Pick'em weeks, which is what I like to do. Can't which get is you weird. into a fantasy league if your life depended on it, and it's it's brutal. Bro, I did it one year, and I, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't have a lot of fun with it. So, listen, I, I stick to what I like. I'm, I'm going to be 30 years old. I'm an old man. I, I know what I like. When's the birthday coming? October. Right after mine, September, yeah. when I turn 27. So. Oh, yeah, the ripe age of 27. I remember those days. Got a what, couple what of geezers on the pod. What a prime year 27 was. Enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you. Know, you. There's, there's never, you know, there's, you'll never live a year like 27, Tom. Let Thank me tell you. you from experience. I appreciate that. It's going to be like every other day, <laughs> every other year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But, It'll be fun, man. The football's right around the corner. It's uh, it's a good time. And then, as we've ca- kind of teased at the end of each pod, we got to find a time for you to get down here. Absolutely, man. November, we- December look like good times if you can sneak them in before or between the holidays. Oh, man, I would absolutely love that. We got to find a time to do that. We got to find a little less time to get Will Smith on the pod um, to give us his predictions for the NFL. And at some point, we got to give Mike Phillips. We got to get on Mike Phillips's pod. I promise him pod, and uh, we have not delivered. We're busy men, but we'll we get, haven't we'll even get been back doing our it. own. I, I know, I know, absolutely. Um, I will say this though, and I'm going to declare this right now, towards the conclusion of episode 200, with or without Will Smith, we are not waiting till the season has started to do this preview. So, Will, if you're listening to this, we got to get this in before that first Thursday game between your Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Sounds, right. sounds like a plan to me. So we're going to make that happen with or without him, hopefully with him, but the show will move on to episode 201, which will in all likelihood be our predictions. All right, everybody, that's 200. We did it, man. We did it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back before the first game of the NFL season. That we will. All, all right. right. Go Tom, Yankees, everybody. Great talking to you. You too, Sean. All right, man.